0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando
1: Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 28th, 2020. My name is Philip Ross and I'm a site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can just follow me on Twitter at Philip RROMG. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, nothing happened this weekend. It's pretty boring. Nothing, nothing, nothing major. No. Instead, the Orlando Magic swept the Washington Wizards in a pair of big games with two gutsy victories that were very, very different. We'll talk about the Magic's thrilling comeback victory on Sunday as well as their solid, if not unspectacular, victory on Saturday. We'll talk about the Magic's big, clean sweep over the Wizards coming up here in just a moment. But before you do any of that, I do remind you that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here, covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want to hear what the Washington Wizards are thinking about this weekend's games? Check out Locked On Wizards. Want to get set for Tuesday's game against the Oklahoma City Thunder? Check out Locked On Thunder. No matter what team you're interested in, whether it's, the, uh, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Where should we begin with this weekend? Where should we start? You know, usually with these... These podcasts, I do game recaps, and I'm pretty good, I hope, at kind of laying out what happened in a game and over the course of a weekend, course of a game. and of course, you know, we do sometimes have episodes where there are two games in one weekend, and and you know, we obviously don't do podcasts over the weekend, uh, and so it's sometimes tough to figure out what the big storyline is. Um, It's sometimes tough to to make sure you get it all in, to make sure that uh, that you get the full and complete picture of what happened. The Magic's two wins over the Washington Wizards are undoubtedly huge, and we will go over the box score like I usually do for Sunday's game, because that is the most recent game and, and, and the most recent information. But these were humongous games for the Orlando Magic. These were big, big games. We expect the Washington Wizards to be teams... Uh, to be a team that the Magic are competing with for a playoff spot at the end of the year. We expect this to be a battle. And the fact that the Magic have two of their three games against the Wizards coming so early in the season is was potentially very, very huge, especially since it was the two road games, the two games in Washington, D.C. And it felt like a split would be enough. But as we're going to talk about a little bit later on, This team seems to have a different mindset. This team seems to want different things, and this team seems capable and able to do different things. That at least seems to be the thought at the moment. Saturday's game against the Washington Wizards, a 130 to 120 victory, was frustrating in that the Magic didn't play great defense. Um, You know, this is a team that's supposed to be built on this defense, this is a team that's supposed to be able to play at a high level on that end and and, and stop teams. But the Wizards are a tough offensive team. They put a lot of pressure on you. And the fact that the Magic never really seemed out of control in that game. Yes, the Wizards took a second half lead, but it wasn't by very much. And Orlando quickly regained the lead. It, It never felt like the Magic were going to lose that game. The Magic made plays down the stretch. Markel Fultz made several big shots down the stretch that helped Orlando secure that victory. That helped Orlando get the win and get to 2-0, and get to that get to that second win. And it was just another example of the Magic's just ability to finish in the clutch. And perhaps that's just the familiarity that this team has, that everyone knows where they're supposed to be. And, and, and when the pressure's ramped up, right now the Magic have a leg up on everybody. It's so, so early in the season, it's hard to draw any conclusions. But all the wins count the same. The wins now count the same as they will in April and May. And the Magic found their way. They didn't defend well, but they were able to shoot the ball well enough. They were able to score well enough. And while they could never get full separation, by the end of the game, they were up by 10. By the end of the game, they had found what they needed to find. And it was, you know, Markel Fultz hitting some big shots. It was Evan Fournier hitting some big shots. It was Nikola Vucevic hitting some big shots. The Magic found their way. And Fultz Fultz made some incredible plays down the stretch. But Sunday proved to be a completely different battle. Sunday proved to be the Magic's crash back down to earth. Or at least it felt that way. The shots were not falling. The offense was not flowing as it had. And the Magic have had some bad moments offensively in in their first two games. And it was by no means... The Magic's offense is by no means fixed. They're doing some different things. They're able to score a little bit more consistently. They're able to score a little bit more effectively, but you know, this team still has its problems offensively. And those haven't gone away just because they're playing a little bit better. But the magic stayed in it. They stayed in the fight. They stayed in it. They stayed with it. Defensively, they were giving up everything. The Wizards were just parading down the center of the lane, just as the Heat had done, just as the Wizards had done in the second game actually, with little resistance and little disruption. Which the Magic had been able to do in both of their first two games. Washington built a 16 4 lead. They had control of this game from the start, and Orlando was chasing. Terrence Ross brought them back in. Orlando had a one point lead at halftime, but the starters again gave up a huge lead, gave up, dug themselves into a big deficit, a 17 point deficit, in fact, entering the fourth quarter. This game was dead to rights. The Magic. Didn't have it offensively, shooting less than 40%, really getting to the foul line, the only thing that was saving the team at all. The Magic couldn't defend at all. Bradley Beal was getting to the basket, getting to the foul line. He wasn't even shooting threes, he was just getting to the basket. Thomas Bryant was cleaning up offensive rebounds. Raul Neto was hitting from deep with Russell Westbrook out of Sunday's game for rest. He recorded a triple-double on Saturday, but honestly, I thought the Magic did a very good job Defending him. It was kind of a quiet 15, 12, 11 triple triple-double for him. But the Magic found themselves down by 17. The Magic found themselves trailing by 17 after three quarters. And by all means, it felt like the game was over. You know, I'm I'm at work. I work I work for a new station for for new station at Spectrum News 13 on Spectrum Sports 360. Uh, and we were getting ready to cut the highlight. And I had already mapped out the highlight, expecting a kind of ho hum fourth quarter, not expecting the Magic to make a comeback. I mean, we've seen this team; they don't have the firepower, or so we thought, to make this kind of a push, especially against an offensive team like the Wizards, and especially with their defense playing as poorly as it has, you know, overall for the last three games, for the first three games of the season. But when you come back from a deficit, it's little by little. It's the little things that get you back in it. It's the little things. It's support from players you don't expect. It's momentum building. It's it's a snowball coming down the hill. It gains momentum. And if a team, if a team is not careful with their lead, they will lose it. So Mark so Michael Carter Williams scores four quick points to start to power a 10-0 run to open the quarter. So all of a sudden that 17-point leads down to seven fairly quickly with the starters out of the game. You saw Cole Anthony taking a charge and diving on the floor. You saw Gary Clark stepping in for big minutes, getting some big rebounds to set up some key shots. Evan Fournier started playing more aggressively and getting inside the lane and drawing fouls. The Magic were doing it all. And slowly, and not even within the half of the half of the quarter, the Magic were back in the game. The starters back in, and now the group that had struggled so much throughout the course of the game had to finish it. But that is one thing this Magic team has done exceptionally well this season. They finish games. That I mean, again, there is no debating this at that at this point. The Magic have finished three games in clutch moments. So Orlando took the lead back. And they gave it away at one point. Philadelphia took, or Washington took a three point game, or three point lead, uh, after Markel Fultz missed a shot and then Nikola Vucevic missed a shot. Bradley Beal kept attacking the basket. The Magic's defense never got right, it's never perfect. But the Wizards gave that lead back up because Markel Fultz got a step through to the basket. Orlando got a much needed stop. Um, when Davis Bertans missed a three, and then Nikola Vucevic hit a runner to give the Magic a one-point lead with 25 seconds left. And then finally, 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 the Magic got a stop on Bradley Beal. He got to the basket and missed a layup, Dwayne Bacon grabbing the rebound, and Orlando heading to the line to make it a three-point game. Beal would miss another three and the Magic would win 120-113 to thanks to some free throw shooting uh, as well as a steal from Markel Fultz that gave the Magic another free throw chance uh, as Washington was just kind of dumbstruck. Frankly, I'm a bit dumbstruck. This was a gutsy, gutsy win. Because again, through all the imperfections, through all the things the Magic did wrong, and there was plenty. Coach Clifford is going to have a field day on Monday if the team meets for film in Oklahoma City or in Washington, wherever they're staying Monday night, he's going to have a field day breaking down this film and saying exactly where the team did wrong and exactly where they need to improve before the next game. Before Tuesday night's game. But the Magic still got the win. The Magic got the W. And again... We're talking, you know, potentially small margins in this playoff race if the Magic are indeed a, a team that's going to be in the b- bottom of the playoff race because, shoot, shoot, sitting here at 3-0 for the first time since the 2009-2010 season, the Magic, you know, shouldn't be resting on their laurels. There's obviously a lot of games left to be played. But why not get a little greedy? And I'll explain a little bit on that coming up here in a moment. But the Magic found a way to win. The Magic Went to Washington in a t- in a tough environment, in a tough situation when they didn't have their best, and they won twice. And ultimately, that's the only stat that matters. The Orlando Magic defeat the Washington Wizards one thirty to one twenty on Saturday. They defeat them one twenty to one thirteen on Sunday for the clean sweep, and the Magic all of a sudden have confidence about them that is much different than anything else we've seen from this team in a very, very long time. We'll talk a little bit more about that confidence coming up here in just a moment, but we'll run through the box score first. But first, I have to give a word and a shout-out to our pals at betonline.ag. Football season is coming to a close. We've got the bowl games, a fantastic Cure Bowl over at the, over at the Citrus Bowl on Saturday. Tuesday, we will see the Cheez-It Bowl between Miami and Oklahoma State. Florida taking on Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. You can check out Locked on Gators for more st- more on that, I suppose. Uh, on Wednesday, and of course, the main event on Friday. Sorry, all apologies to Chuma Okiki, but your Northwestern Wildcats are going to stomp on Auburn. Northwestern's minus three. If I'm, Last time I checked, I'm sure that's going to flip because no one bets on Northwestern, and probably you shouldn't either because... That's usually a difficult bet for your heart. But if you want to get in on the action, there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Whether it's the NFL games of the week, the top college football and basketball games, or the current headlines in sports, especially with the NBA now in full swing, who had Mavericks minus 50? Okay. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code. locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online are your online sports experts. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game. listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Let's run through the final box score of Sunday's game against the Washington Wizards. We're not going to get too deep into Saturday's game because it's old news at this point. The Atlanta Magic are led in scoring by L. Fultz with a career-high 26 points, 11 for 21 shooting, 2 for 3 from beyond the arc, 2 assists, and 1 steal. Um, this, you know, Markel Fultz had two very different games over the course of the weekend. Both of them very, very good. And, and I think we are seeing Markel Fultz play with a lot more aggressiveness and assertiveness. He's a lot more comfortable on the floor, and a lot more comfortable leading this team. Now, that doesn't mean it's perfect. That doesn't mean the organization is perfect all the time. Fultz is still kind of getting a feel for when to assert himself and when to take control. But I think generally we are seeing Fultz um, really taking some major steps forward. And the scoring is certainly the points, the, 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 the scoring average, the raw scoring average is much higher than it was last year. Fultz made some incredible plays down the stretch in Saturday's game and he made some incredible plays again down the stretch of Sunday's game. Sunday though there was certainly more of an emphasis on scoring. He did a much better job getting in the basket, finishing around the rim and creating for himself. Um I do did think he kind of settled at times uh for his own shot for a three-point shot especially um you know, especially early in the game that kind of sets a tone for the for the team. Um but overall, you know, again, Fultz is playing some very, very good basketball right now. Um can't really complain about his game too much. 11 for 21 shooting. And again, got to see that ball move. I'd like to see his assist up a little bit, but um, a really solid game on, on Sunday. Terrence Ross with 26 points, 7 for 15 shooting, 4 for 7 from beyond the arc, made all 8 of his free throws. Scored 19 of those 26 in the first half um, when when he really single-handedly kept the magic in the game. Um, Ross is a lot more dynamic offensively right now. Um, he's A, shooting the ball incredibly well from beyond the arc, so the 3-point shooting is still there when he gets it, but He's also like he's also reading his cuts a lot better. Um if teams are playing over him, he's perfectly content to take that mid-range jumper to to cut his uh cut shallow, cut his run shallow and try and shoot from the out try and shoot from the mid-range. Um the other thing that he's done really really well is when teams close out on him, he is kind of pump faking, he is taking guys off the dribble and hitting uh, like one or two dribble pull-ups. Um those are going to make him so much more effective and already Ross is having a, a really tremendous season. The big player for the Magic uh, on this day was Michael Carter-Williams. Six points, three for three shooting, six rebounds, three assists, two steals. Not the greatest stat line, so why am I talking about him uh, so far at the top of this, this, this list? Um, it's simply because Carter-Williams was the catalyst for the Magic's comeback. He made three—all three of those baskets came in the fourth quarter. Um, the two he made two like right off the top of the fourth quarter that kind of settled the Magic in and and gave them a little bit of energy. On top of that, Michael Carter Williams defended Bradley Beal down the stretch and he did the best job of any player on the Magic on Bradley Beal. Did a good job just slowing him down and stopping him essentially, uh, and, and and again stopping his dribble penetration allowed the Magic to get back into the game. Uh, finally, Orlando got some stops on the defensive end and that allowed them to push the ball and get back into the game. Carter-Williams is the reason why the Magic won this game. There's just there's just no getting around it. Other notable games, Nikola Vucevic, only 15 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals in this one. Um, not his best game, 5 for 11 shooting. Uh, I, again, I, I know I'm on record this. He made one of four of his three-pointers. I don't want him shooting a ton of threes, but I think the Magic are seeing the benefits of him being a threat from beyond the arc and staying on the perimeter and staying in the high post to kind of be used as a cutter and as a screener. Um, that's given Markel Fultz a lot more driving lanes. But again, the game-winning basket, the go-ahead basket was off a post-up for Nikola Vucevic. So there's a balance that I think the Magic are still trying to figure out. I mean, I think one of the big points that we've seen through these three games is the new way the Magic are trying to play, really on both ends, honestly, does work. It can work. It can make this team significantly better. But there's still a lot of learning going on. Um, The Magic didn't get a training camp. Or they got a training camp, but not a full training camp. They didn't get... The mini camps, they didn't get the opportunity really to to really test and work through some of these things, and we're seeing them kind of work through them in real time. The Magic have to get back on the same page. You have to get back kind of playing at a high, higher level, obviously. But the Magic have taken some very big steps um, this year, and 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 I do think that the the schemes that they're running are ultimately going to make them better. They just got to keep getting them down, and again, they're 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 getting the results right now, so that's enough. Vucevic hit some big shots in Saturday's game, really kind of had a slow start to that game Saturday, much better on Sunday. Not his best weekend overall, though, I think Vucevic, um, the Magic need Vucevic scoring and and his defense, he was just a step late on on his rotations and and, and protecting the paint. That's got to be something that he continues to improve on, especially if the Magic are going to be a little bit more aggressive and assertive going after pick and rolls. Evan Fournier with a solid 19 points, 4 for 10 shooting. Um, this is production we're expecting from Evan Fournier. I mean, he's he's gonna make he's gonna make shots. Um, the Magic are playing him a lot more off the ball. He's not as a primary playmaker, which I think has helped the Magic speed their offense up, uh, as as most people would suspect. Um, he's still finding his spots. I mean, I, I don't think that the that that this change of role necessarily changes what the Magic expect from Fournier. He's still going to get his opportunities, even if he's not the one kind of generating those opportunities for himself. Um, Really struggled defensively on Bradley Beal throughout the weekend. Um, Fournier did say that he wants to be a better defender. He wants to get back to where he was in 2019. He's obviously not there yet, and so I think that's that's something to continue to watch on and continue a standard to continue to hold him to at that. Um, uh, Kevin Birch had a really nice weekend. Six points, one for six shooting, uh, seven rebounds in in Sunday's game. Had a much better effort in Saturday's game. Uh, You know, big thing for Kevin Birch. Uh, you know, again, he shoots, goes one for six, but the fact he shot six times is, I think, a positive thing. The Magic need him to be at least a nominal offensive threat uh, right now. If he catches the ball, teams don't care that he has the ball in his hands. Uh, you know, as long as he's not dunking the ball, um, to ha- to have him be able to hit a little runner, hit a little floater, uh, hit a little hook shot. You know, you know, do, you know, sometimes step out and hit that 12, 13, 14 foot jumper. That's such a huge plus for him. He did that Saturday. Again, Sunday, more than willing to shoot when he's given the opportunities around the basket. I think that's a positive sign. So I, I like what Ken Burch has given the magic so far this year. Cole Anthony had a really nice... You know, Cole Anthony, both rookies have played really well and done some really good things. Cole Anthony, 12 points, 3 for 9 shooting, 6 for 6 from the foul line, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. Um, Cole Anthony's still got to find what where his shots are going to come from. Uh, you know, I think that's still a thing, but he's not shy about shooting. He's not a shy about attacking the basket. He's had some really nice finishes. Still getting a little victimized defensively. You know, the, the veterans are chasing after him. The veterans are testing him and pushing him, as they should. And Anthony's going to learn how to defend them and learn how to get through that. Um, but, you know, especially in Sunday's game, Cole Anthony made a lot of really good plays. Um, he is a really good rebounder for a guard. Uh, and he made some big plays, just kind of keeping balls alive on the offensive glass uh, and just being there to mix things up and to chase after the ball and and, and make the, the Wizards stink a little bit. Um I, I I have been very impressed with Cole Anthony to this point. I think that he's been making a lot of winning plays, uh, and he's really helped this team out a ton. Uh, Aaron Gordon only played uh, 19 minutes in this game, uh, did not play in the fourth quarter, kind of did his third quarter sin, did not play. He is on a minutes restriction, as is Chumo Kiki still, um, so no, no word on him. He had a really nice game on Saturday, uh, just didn't do a whole lot on Sunday. The Atlanta Magic shoot 43.5% from floor, 9 of 25 from beyond the arc, 37 for 38 from the foul line. They have 11 offensive rebounds, their turnovers limited to just 10 in the game, a big reason why the Magic were able to stay in this one, even with the poor shooting. Washington, meanwhile, they're led in scoring by t- Bradley Beal with 29 points, 10 for 29 shooting, 0 for 7 from beyond the arc, 7 assists for him as he did a, an amazing job getting into the lane. Washington shoots 48.5%, but just 8 of 32 from beyond the arc. They only get to the line 13 times for 11 for 13 free throws. They turn it over 13 times as well as they fall to the Orlando Magic, 120 to 113. The Orlando Magic now back in action Tuesday against the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll recap what this weekend means, what it shows, and why we should be so excited coming up here in just a moment. But first, let's say a few words from our friends at Built Bar. I'm sure the Orlando Magic... We're feeling a little down after those three quarters. They needed that little bit of energy boost. Well, you know, they probably got some fancy formula bars that, you know, are specifically designed to optimize some random chemical or something that we don't even know. But we don't have access to that. We're not the best athletes in the world. We don't have millions of dollars and a whole medical team at our disposal. Exp- uh, at our disposal, What we have is Built Bar, the best protein bar on the market with built bar you get a uh, energy bar a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar it's not some meal replacement it's not some 100 it's not some 250 calorie thing that's supposed to supplement that you know weight training heavy workout that you just did no this is literally a bar that's a snack that gets you through your day and gets you to the finish line and it tastes great too comes in 18 amazing flavors including caramel brownie cookies and cream mint brownie banana bread double chocolate, and a whole lot more. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft, and easy to chew. Bilt Bar is great for the health-conscious person, so you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for keto diets. Bilt Bars reset the promo code for this relaunch, so your promo code should still work if you've used it before. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again,
0: Made Charles Barkley the first black president. Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier.
1: Coming up tomorrow on Locked On Magic, we're going to talk a little bit more about the bench, what they've done so far this season, and why that really helps the Magic talk, giving them some depth that they haven't had before. So we'll talk a little bit more about the bench coming up later on in the week. Of course, the Magic taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder on Tuesday, so we'll get you set for that game as well tomorrow. But the one thing I want to talk about now is... Perhaps a little bit premature. Perhaps it's a little too soon to talk about this. But I I do want to point out what we're watching and what we're witnessing. This is not just simply because the Magic are 3-0 for the first time since the 2010 season. The 2009-2010 season, which in my opinion is probably, I think, the best team in Magic history. uh, Certainly up there. It's it's one of the four best teams in Magic history, obviously. Uh, I think the 2010 team was better than the 2009 team them um, being 3-0 is, is not the reason why for that. But there is something, this isn't about that. And this is about a feeling you get when you watch a team like this. This is, about a, this is about a team that we all believe has a small margin for error. That X, Y, and Z are, you know, I often say it this way. There are probably four or five things that the Magic need to do in order to win games. And if they don't do all five of them or they don't do three or four of them, they're going to lose. That's what we talk about with the margin for error. That's what we talk about when there's a margin for error. Those championship-level teams in 2009, 2010, um, and that, that's my best reference because I wasn't so basketball-conscious during the first title runs in the, 90, in the 90s. I, was, I watched them. I was there. I enjoyed them as a kid. But I wasn't like fully understanding of what I was watching. The thing that always struck me about the 2009 and 2010 Magic was simply how they did not need to play their best to win. They were playing to a standard sure. They, 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 they had bigger visions of what they could accomplish. But they didn't need to be exceptional to win. In fact, to me, some of their more impressive victories, some of the games that, that I enjoy watching most of that crew were games that they played really poorly. Games where they you know, they didn't rebound well, they didn't shoot well, they didn't do X, Y, and Z well. And yet, entering the fourth quarter, they had a chance to win. And, and if you go look at great teams, and this is not just about the Magic, it's about all the great teams, they put themselves in positions to win, and they win games that Statistically, or emotionally, or, or or kind of the flow of the gamely, they have no. They they shouldn't be winning. They shouldn't even be in. They're the games that that there's just there's no explanation for why it's close, for why they have the chance to to, to steal the win. And ultimately, you know, we talk a lot about stats. We talk a lot about what you know what makes up victories but ultimately the only stat that matters is the final score did you score one more point than the other team and if you do that more times than you don't you're going to do fine <laughs> now what what we saw saturday was a team that did a lot of things poorly didn't have their best offensive game didn't have their best defensive game Didn't do a lot of things that we all expect that the Magic need to do to win. And yet, it never felt like they were going to lose that game. They made the plays down the stretch that ultimately make the difference. That's really been the big key for the Magic through these first three games. Is late in games, when the chips are down, when the game is in the balance. The Magic are making the big plays. The Magic are putting themselves in position to win. And not just putting themselves in position to win. They're going out there and winning the game. That's that's what it is. They are going out there and winning the game. Against Miami, they made plays to win the game. All the plays to win the game. Against Washington on Saturday, is Fultz flinging a, bu- a pass behind his back or hitting a shot to win that game. And then of course on Sunday, coming back from 17 down, a game that they had no right to be in with how poorly they played in through three quarters, and finding a way to win. This is what the good teams do. This is what the teams that are competing for something real, I'm not talking about just making the playoffs, I'm talking about competing for something real, for home court, that the established playoff teams, this is what they do. They keep finding ways to win. They put themselves in a position to win where it is solely on their shoulders to get the job done, whether it's down the stretch or not. This Magic team is playing, I wouldn't say at an elite level, it's it's very clear that they're not at an elite level, But this Magic team is playing like, A, it expects to win, and, B, like it can win even without their best stuff. My criticism for the Orlando Magic this offseason with with how inactive they were as far as kind of making changes to the roster had less to do with kind of the changes that a lot of fans wanted them to make and more to do with the Magic not minimizing that margin for error, for not making it easier to win games. And maybe that wasn't possible with what they had to offer, but simply the Magic needed to be able to win games when they weren't at their best, especially against quality opponents. And, you know, Miami's certainly a title contender. They're not at full—they're not running on all cylinders yet. Washington is kind of a, a, you know, at least by our projections, seem to be a fringe playoff team. It's not like the Magic have played anyone of consequence yet. They'll play Philadelphia on Thursday— That'll tell us a little bit more, although Philadelphia has had its issues as well this, this year, and I, I don't think Philadelphia solved a lot of the a lot of the problems that caused them some, some some difficulties last year. This is again to say that yes, this team is very unproven in a lot of ways. We're only three games into the season, and there are a lot of problems to solve. As Steve Clifford noted, when someone, when Josh Robbins of the Athletic asked him about, you know, looking at the standings and trying to get out to a fast start, and Clifford said, you know, look, you don't really start looking at the standings till 15, 20 games in. And there's one truth in this league that longtime Magic fans likely remember from the Scott Skiles here, that a good week can get erased by a bad week very quickly. Magic on a three-game win streak. They could lose their next three and all of a sudden the narrative is completely different about who this team is and what it can do. So I don't want to jump the gun and say the Magic are a surefire playoff team. I don't want to jump that gun yet. But what we saw this weekend was something that only good teams do. What we saw against the Wizards was something that only teams that have high expectations for themselves, that play to a higher standard, are able to do. The magic won and they're not completely thrilled with it. I think they're they're happy with the wins, but they know there's a lot of work to do. But despite all that work, they won impressively twice. And impressively for different reasons. And I think that's a reason to be confident that what we're seeing with the magic is not some fluke, not some weird opponent trick. I think it's showing us that the Magic can play to this high level. That the Magic don't need to be firing on all cylinders to beat quality opponents, to beat playoff caliber opponents. And if that's the case, if that's the case. And again, it's a lot of it's because Marco Fultz is playing exceptionally well. You know, we're seeing some great contributions off the bench. But if that's the case, that the Magic are showing and proving that they can win when they're not firing on all cylinders, when they're not at their absolute best, then this is going to be a very, very special season. This is going to be a season that we're going to remember. This is going to be a season where the Magic surprise a lot of people and accomplish some necessary goals of growth to keep building and moving forward. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Him, like Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Magic. We'll talk a little bit more about the bench and preview the Magic's game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. I am planning to watch the Thunder's game against the Jazz, so the, the Thunder will be on a back to back. We'll talk about that coming up here. In, coming up here on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic daily, Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossman, Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.